Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you two ready to record a podcast, release a terrible version of the podcast, come back, make it twice as long, add a few F-bombs, and then let fans fawn over it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do we get a Rotten Tomato score? Well, it'll be middling. It'll be about 65, I'm guessing. Well, right now it's about 77. Is it really? Yeah. (laughs) Will this be four hours long? (laughs) You know, I I was thinking maybe we could go for eight just to really out Snyder Snyder. But no, (laughs) we're going to keep this. We're going to keep this as close to one as possible. But we'll see. Concise. Yeah, this was my ridiculous long tease for the subject of this podcast, which is our deep dive into Zack Snyder's Justice League. After years of social media campaigns, relentless teases on Vero, and roughly $70 million, Zack Snyder has officially finished Justice League. Affectionately called the Snyder Cut, this re-edit of Justice League has been the subject of intense debate and criticism for nearly four years now. And if we time this podcast to release correctly... The new Justice League, Zack Snyder's version, will finally be available to stream in its four-hour and two-minute glory on HBO Max. But before we talk about Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, Superman's suit, and Aquaman's abs, I got to tell you that the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So, gentlemen, this is going to be a fun discussion, right? Sure is. Good. <laughs> Brian's just like, yeah. uh, silence. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be about as fun as uh, as the experience I had watching the film. And then, <laughs> which, which was a blast. Which um, was a blast. <laughs> but before we, we dive into Brian's very uh, interesting thoughts, apparently, allow me to attempt to succinctly recap the whole drama that led to Zack Snyder coming back to finish a 2017 superhero team-up film that bombed at the box office. So folks, sit down, grab a snack. It's story time. (laughs) Back in 2017, Zack Snyder was finishing work on Justice League, the DCEU's version of The Avengers, that was going to wrap up his story that he began in 2013's Man of Steel and continued a couple years later in Batman vs. Superman. However, when Warner Brothers saw his version of the film, Apparently, the studio was a bit concerned about the tone, especially after the perceived critical failure of Batman versus Superman, and they wanted some major changes. They wanted the film to be cut down to two hours, and the studio also wanted to bring in Joss Whedon to write some new scenes, to add a little humor, and generally lighten up this dark superhero tale. To avenge it, perhaps? Oh, Lord. Oh. Nice. Yes. (laughs) Oh. So, Joss Whedon comes in. Zack Snyder is playing ball at first, but eventually, according to interviews he's been giving recently, he was still reeling from the loss of his daughter, who died by suicide, and he didn't have the energy to fight the studio to preserve his vision. So he left the film unfinished, and Whedon was then handed tens of millions of dollars to reshoot some new scenes, re-edit Snyder's version, and turn in a two-hour Justice League. That film was eventually released in theaters in 2017 in November and disappointed just about everyone and became the butt of jokes thanks in no small part to Superman's terrible mouth CGI. We all remember <laughs> the mustache gate, as it was affectionately called. From there, hashtag release the Snyder Cut was launched by fans. This is a social media campaign that had hoped to convince Warner Brothers to eventually release the cut Snyder originally put together and that he had been teasing on social media. And years later, 
thanks to the creation of HBO Max, Warner Brothers did one better, not only releasing the Snyder Cut, but also allowing Zack Snyder to spend $70 million to completely finish his original vision. Now, fans are being presented with a four-hour magnum opus that is 100% uncut, unadulterated Zack Snyder. (sighs) That's it. Yeah. That is these huge four-hour saga or four-year saga and a four-hour saga. All right. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, no, <laughs> needless to say, there's a lot to unpack with this movie. Um, so first, to get the ball rolling, I want to get your overall spoiler free thoughts on the way that Zack Snyder's Justice League turned out before we hop into the nitty gritty. So, Mike. Yes. Let us know your overall thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, I mean, I have a lot of competing thoughts. There are things that I really liked about it. There are things that I really didn't like about it. There are things that I was just so so about. Overall, I land pretty much, you know, it's a thing that I'm glad it exists just because it's a very unique superhero film. Any way you slice it, this is a very unique and Zack Snyder experience. So people who hate Zack Snyder are going to obviously cringe their balls off here. But for me, I enjoy Man of Steel. I enjoy Batman v Superman, The Ultimate Cut. So I was probably more out of all of us likely to at least somewhat enjoy this movie. And I did. I thought it was uh, a lot more competent than the version we got in 2017. I It doesn't feel like a Frankenstein studio-mandated version. Things make more sense. It looks better. Uh, Steppenwolf by far is is better in this movie. So it is – uh, it is just it is more co- more coherent than the theatrical cut, but it also is super long winded. It's uh, there's a, a large amount of like magical superhero logic. There's the unnecessary shoehorning in of characters that don't get enough screen time in a four hour movie. There's the the overall arc of the theatrical movie is still there. So if you're expecting a movie where, you know, it's not just this heroes are going to get together to squash the bad guy thing. I mean, that's basically what it is. The, the, the two hour version was a kind of awful paint by numbers version of that. But this one is, is kind of the, the other end of that where it's how much is too much. And I think by hour three, you know, how much is too much. And it should have been like maximum this movie should have been like three hours and you could have easily cut it down to that with all the indulgent long takes or establishing shots or scenes that just were completely unnecessary, uh, characters that didn't need to be there, stuff like that. And then, you know, there's the other things that really, really bothered me that we'll go into further when it comes to spoilers and stuff like that. But I will say the thing that kind of makes me furious as a viewer with this one is the aspect ratio that he chose to release it in do you know the story of the aspect ratio i know the story that it's the imax aspect ratio can i can i briefly just recap this for for listeners who may not know so one of the things when you watch this movie that you're immediately going to be struck by is the fact that it looks like it was four by three but it's not actually four by three box ratio it is the quote-unquote imax ratio 
which looks square. So you're not going to have the the black bars on the top and bottom. They're going to be on the left and the right. And the reason being is when Zack Snyder was filming Justice League, he was not happy with the fact that IMAX cameras don't record sound. And he wanted to record the entire movie in IMAX ratio. So what he did is he used regular cameras or, you know, the fancy cameras that weren't IMAX, but filmed in that ratio so that the entire movie could look that way. So when he is now given carte blanche to do whatever he wants, he's like, well, I'm giving you the IMAX ratio because as he said in an interview, which I pulled up here, this is a quote, superheroes tend to be as figures. They tend to be less horizontal. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, for me, it's just kind of a infuriating, puzzling, like, why on earth would you release a movie that's only going to streaming in IMAX ratio when everybody has widescreen TVs? Only people are going to be streaming this. There's going to be a few IMAX screenings, but by and large, this is going to be, you know, people looking on their TVs. The best way I can say to watch it, I've watched it in a couple different formats is probably on your iPad because you can stretch it out and it fits yeah. the fits perfectly to your iPad screen. So if you're just watching it alone, honestly, I'd recommend getting a good pair of headphones, throwing it on your chest or whatever, and just watching it on that if you have a good iPad because it's kind of a waste of TV. Okay, a waste <laughs> of TV. Mike D'Angelo, <laughs> Playlist Podcast. That's going to take be taken the wrong way, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> well, I love taking things out of context. Hey uh, clickbait is the way to go. Brian, mm. let's go to you. Overall thoughts, spoiler-free. Before the podcast, you said you're coming in hot, so so let's hear it. You, Mike, you raised a, a couple of good points in that, yeah, this is a, a more coherent film than what we saw four years ago. You know, there are, I was about to say there's things about this movie that that do work, but when I say that, I'm, I'm mainly referring to the cameras that were used to capture <laughs> the images that we see on screen, which is usually my criteria when I'm when I'm trying to evaluate a movie and I and I I'm wondering if it's bad. Like in this case, well, no. The the editors clearly knew how to edit frames of film together. They, so what you're saying is they <laughs> they instead of making a a still picture, they yes. created a moving picture. Exactly. They, exactly. Let's, we could shorten it and call it a movie, or we could yes. call it a talkie if if that's yeah. what one we want to get down to brass tacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a talkie. Okay. Yes. Continue. Yes. And that unfortunately is about the only praise I can give this film because really I had a very, I had a very dreadful experience watching this. It's, there are so many things that, that go so horribly, horribly wrong to, <laughs> to the point where I was, I, I mean, I don't like feeling as bored as I was. And it became eventually this movie that I realized, but, but yeah, by the time we hit hour three or hour four, that I was doing other things and I was still watching the movie and, you know, paying some attention, but I could very easily, you know, start doing something else and I won't have missed anything. Yeah. Mike, there are, there are scenes that do not belong reinserted back into this film. The flow that exists is, I guess, somewhat coherent, but also just very, very useless and meandering it's almost like someone is driving a car and they're and they're lost and they have no gps it just <laughs> I, I i just I, I didn't get it i didn't there were so many things i just did not understand and it's very weird because you know 
were this the movie that was released four years ago, that would have been the first time that we're seeing The Flash and Aquaman and, and all these characters. And it seems like some of these people, they almost seem bored, like having doing this movie, which is their first appearance in the DCEU. That's not a good thing. Like you'd think that, you know, you'd feel they, these people would be feeling that five or six movies in, but but no, you're I, putting I got, emotions in these people's mouths, metaphorically I, speaking. Well, I, so, yes. well, no, but also Zack Snyder literally did not put emotions in their dialogue. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Continue, Brian. I'm I'm here for you, bud. No, no, thanks. It's I mean, it, it even goes down to, I mean, maybe we'll get into it more, but even the the score, which oh, itself yeah. has, has, a, has kind of a fascinating story with with the original composer and then replaced by Danny Elfman, then bringing him back. I'm a movie score guy, and that can really, in some cases, make or break a film, Alita Battle Angel. But, <laughs> man, random uh, shot at James Cameron. Okay. Yeah, and Junkie XL. And I that, too, I just was... The movie is awash in a mess of subpar CGI, a lot of noise that some might consider music, and actors who, in my from my impression don't seem to even want to be there so there there we have it we'll get more into that later we will and and just so before i get into my thoughts just so listeners know we are going to go full spoiler so if you're waiting for us to break down all these these little quibbles we're going to get into it trust me but before we do that my spoiler free thoughts are well actually i'll preface this by saying going into it my dislike of man of steel and batman (laughs) v superman is well known to you too (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am not a fan. I'm a huge, huge, huge comic book nerd. And I don't think that I'll just say this. My idea of who Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all of those characters are, are not the same ideas that Zack Snyder shares. So fundamentally, when it comes down to it, we just have this disagreement on what these characters should do and how they should act. That said, I can go into that understanding that this is his vision, his idea, blah, 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 blah. Man of Steel, I did not like that movie. I thought it was not a good Superman movie. Batman versus Superman, did not like that movie, did not like what he did with Batman, and then, of course, Superman. And this one, though, I think, surprisingly, it, this might be, you know, faint praise, but might be his best of the three. Um, <laughs> and, and that's not saying a lot. It's a low bar. Put that on the box or yeah. poster or advertisement or whatever. Yeah, this this Justice League is not good. I'll say that. <laughs> but it might be his best attempt at a superhero movie that I've seen. And yes, I'm yeah. including Watchmen in that. Did not like <laughs> Watchmen either. Like that too, yeah. No. So <laughs> the things I we'll, – we'll start with the, the few things I liked about this movie. A, I do like that it is beautifully shot for – 50% of the movie. There are, are moments where I was genuinely wowed by some of the visuals. The actors, some do really well. Gal Gadot, always awesome as Wonder Woman. I actually enjoy what Ben Affleck does as Batman. I don't necessarily like what Batman does, but I think Ben Affleck's not a bad Batman. Jeremy Irons is a good Alfred. Henry Cavill, I think, is a, a fine Superman. But that's probably where my praise ends as far as the acting goes. Uh, <laughs> never been a fan of Jason Momoa's take on Aquaman. Ezra Miller is trying his damnedest to inject just a little bit of humor in this movie. And this is probably the funniest superhero movie that, that Zack Snyder's done. But again, 
not a funny movie. And Ray Fisher. Sorry, bud. Oof. Not good. <laughs> Did not enjoy Ray Fisher and his version of Cyborg at all. Overall, now, was that because of his acting or is that because of the way he was written? His acting. Oh, really? I'll, See, I'll I didn't say, have an issue with it, but okay. I'll say this. Probably the biggest difference, and and I can see why Ray Fisher has been pounding the Zack Snyder drum for the past four years. His character was completely dismantled in Joss Whedon's cut of this movie. And it's clear that Zack Snyder did want Cyborg to kind of be the heart of this movie. Unfortunately, while his story is very fleshed out and arguably is maybe even too fleshed out, I don't think Ray Fisher has the ability to bring anything other than the surface level to that character. But again, we can get into that further when I can discuss more specifics. But overall, I'd probably give this a hard C minus. You know, it's it's whatever. I watched it. I will never watch it again. I can say that pretty much confidently, especially considering I have yet to watch Batman v Superman since I saw it in theaters. Um, so you haven't even seen the ultimate. Why, if I didn't like a two-hour version, would I watch a three-hour version? <laughs> you would at least give it a solid C minus. No, sure. no. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to relitigate Batman versus Superman. But I will say Absolutely the only not. the only reason I'm watching the Snyder Cut is this podcast. And if I had my druthers, I definitely would not have wasted my Saturday morning watching this recently. Oh, you poor baby. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> any last spoiler-free thoughts before we really get into this? No, let's get into it. All right, yeah. cool. All right, stay tuned. Coming back with uh, spoilers. So begins the end. But not time. So with that all out of the way, let's go down the rabbit hole a bit more. But let's be honest, there's so much to discuss. We have to have some sort of structure just to make it coherent and uh, not just ramble about you know, stupid stuff like Jason Momoa's abs, which are glorious. I, yeah, I forgot to say abs. that in spoiler free, but Jason Momoa, your trainer, Oscar. <laughs> okay, so first, we're going to dive deeper into this films just as the film, without the history, the drama, the rival cuts, the social media campaign, none of that. We're going to imagine a world where those outside factors didn't exist, and we were just shown a four-hour Justice League film. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What is the best aspect of this movie? Basically, what did Snyder nail? I mean, everybody knows Zack Snyder is is a visual artist above anything else. So I'd probably put that up there. As far as any specific character, I'd say Batman fares a lot better this time around. But he's also there's also some questionable parts. My favorite superhero in the world is The Flash. And it pains me to say that he is not the best part about this movie. Based based on one specific scene. Yeah, I mean, what's the best? Come part? on, you I, like this movie? Tell me something you liked, man. It's it's a unique experience. I unique mean, it's how? it's. What do you mean unique? How? It is a four hour version <laughs> of a superhero team up movie. So yes, it's a lot. Yes, it's too much. But there's nothing else like it. And it's very particular in the way it is executed. Whether that turns you off is is totally on personal preference. But uh, yeah, it's it's a unique, special experience. Okay, Brian, I'm going to challenge you. Tell me your favorite thing about this movie. And if you say the end, you're fired. I you got to give did. me something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to give me something. You know, you you were touching on some characters there, Mike, and. 
I, I guess I'm, I'm going to say that that Gal Gadot is is the best. She seems to really inhabit that character well, but she she stands out in a a sea of 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 mediocrity. The see, I don't know where what you guys are seeing with this whole Gal Gadot is the best part of the movie thing. I didn't I say like, she was the best. And part. Honestly, I'm I don't know. I, I I think she's the best, but at the same time, I go back to what I said that even she seems. I she, feel like she was the character that was most shortchanged as far oh, yeah. as anything goes. And yeah. I can't disagree with that either. I mean, but he liked her best. <laughs> I, I guess I liked her best. I I don't know. I mean, less stuff to okay. hate. You know what? I am. There is one particular moment that I actually really did love that is not special to this cut. It's it, when we saw it in the first version. I don't, it's a very a very specific moment, but it's really awesome. And I don't even know if I can get into it right now. But yes, you can. It's not, spoilers. Not a spoiler. It. It's it's that one little moment that we saw in the first film when evil Superman or Superman's back from the dead and he's fighting everybody off and and the Flash is is running and everything's slow motion around him and Superman just slowly turns and looks at him. <laughs> yeah. I I, I love that. Moment. It's a yeah. great moment, and I still love it even now and i right, so. I, I guess yeah some of the aesthetic about this film i, I like the way the uh the the stronghold <laughs> the uh, steppenwolf stronghold i god i can't even say it without almost laughing looks a little bit better this time but that's not it's red there. not blue it's yeah fine yeah God. Uh, okay, Brian. Well, first, my favorite aspect of it was probably the moment with, and this is funny because I just said that Ray Fisher didn't do a good job, but my favorite <laughs> moment involves Cyborg because they explain his powers in a very interesting way, very visually interesting way. And yeah. one of the moments is he uses his powers to watch a woman struggle through her life to feed like her kids and shit. And then he just like with the movement of his hands makes the stack of money in her ATM go up. And I that's was like, that's right. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm, 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 I'm there for that. But, but that's probably the beginning and middle and end of, of the things where I was like, Oh, that's really neat. Most of it was just kind of meh. That's to really me. funny. That's one of the scenes where I was like, this could get cut. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, and, and and we'll get into it, but we did cut that, and and I don't know that was better for it. So, Brian, I'm gonna start with you on this part of it because I I think you have more to talk about. But what do you think was the weakest aspect of this movie? Yeah, gee whiz, it, I, I just feel like the uh, the the story was was you know you could say all over the place, you could say non-existent, you could I I don't even know. I want to pick on the story here for those reasons, maybe even pick on the story for it being a story that's not entirely original at all. I don't even know. The story is the weakest part, but I don't know why it's the weakest. I just, I, I hated it. And I, and I really, I think is it because you already knew it. It's, it's because yes, I already knew it. And I, I just was, I remember going into these films, all of these films, man of steel, Batman V Superman, all of them and coming out of the dark Knight trilogy thinking that this is going to continue. We're going to keep getting these these films. And yeah, if it's DC, fine. But the DC films are going to be far more grounded in realism than than Marvel. That's And that's fine. Christopher Nolan pulled it off for, well, he pulled it off for at least two of the Dark Knight films. We're going to see more of that with Man of Steel. We're going to see more of that with Batman v Superman. And, and here, n- not only is it not even slightly grounded in realism, it's like it's turned up to 11. I, I don't know. It, there, there was nothing like, I mean, you could say that that's kind of in, you know, in keeping with the comic book nature of this and, 
you know, this is the the characters in, in a comic book story jumping off the page onto your screen. But in the, in the translation, the person who was carrying that translation tripped and fell and the translation fell on the stairs and broke into a million pieces that, <laughs> that, that didn't get put back together and got reassembled in this Justice League that we that we now have to endure. So if I had to pick on one thing, I would say the story sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, so just to build off that, because I, I think my thoughts kind of align with you there. I think the story here was was pretty weak, um, even though we got a lot more of it. It just it's still it still wasn't that great. Like there was no there was no like moment where I was like, oh, this is the story or oh, mm-hmm. this is the theme. This is what Zack Snyder is trying to say. It was just like an ingredients list. It was like a recipe. It was like, okay, we need to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and end it with a big fight, and we're done. Superhero movie. And to be fair, it's not a complete story. They would be lying to say it was. This is less of a complete story than something like Infinity War. This was clearly setting up some sort of like trilogy that we'll never ever see, and and the film suffers especially because it's four hours, it's four hours leading to a, uh, a pretty lame conclusion in that it's unsatisfying. But I think the, the weakest aspect of this movie, and I think this hits with just all of, of Snyder's movies, but is magnified in four hours uh, in Justice League, is that he has me in the bag about 50% of the way, and then he loses me because he will he has these characters these characters which are are iconic and he understands that the big difference between DC characters and Marvel characters are Marvel are the guys that like you hang out with, right? Peter Parker, Steve Rogers, those are the characters. And then they, they do these outstanding things, but these are flawed individuals. The, the characters in DC are supposed to be iconic. These are like archetypes. These are like gods almost. Right. And Snyder understands that, but he doesn't, do anything else other than make them into gods they're wildly overpowered they are like wonder woman doesn't just punch a guy she punches a guy through four walls the flash doesn't just run fast he approaches the speed of light aquaman you know i could go on like there's a million examples over four hours where you're like all of these are established in the comics like all all of that stuff that you said right 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 is what they are but here's where the comics have snyder beat and will always have snyder beat no i agree with you on this as, well, you don't know what I'm gonna say. The uh, comics, the comics have heart, mm-hmm. and this movie lacks heart. This movie has the entire like idea of of the power level of these characters, and they should be gods. But if you can't relate to any one of them, you're just watching chess pieces move around for four hours. And it has. I was not worried about the outcome of this movie. I wasn't worried about any sort of like personal relationships. I was not concerned that these guys would fight and oh my god, I don't want to see Batman and Superman fight, you know? Oh, I don't want to see Wonder Woman have a, you know, an argument with uh, Aquaman or what have you. I didn't care. These were just like so detached from humanity that it was just it was boring. There you go. Mike, I know you're you're generally on the positive for this movie, but name something you did not enjoy. Yeah, the ending the the very last scene was the giant like whoopee cushion question mark fart <laughs> kind of ending where you're like why the fuck would you end it on that note every which, other movie you've had you which have ended ending it, is that that is the yeah. Martian Manhunter scene okay okay oh. uh, we'll we'll get further into the Martian Manhunter scene and the fact that this movie has multiple endings but yeah continue no I don't mind the epilogue i don't mind the teasing stuff i didn't even mind the joker bit it was a little bit pointless but 
it was fun for what it was, and it teased nothing. But you know, hey, whatever. It looked neat, and but the, the Martian Joker said something about the reach around. Uh, yeah, the Martian Manhunter bit. So it was just this teaser for a movie that was coming up that we already have been teased a million times about. And you don't need another scene with the Martian Manhunter. In fact, I would have cut the Martian Manhunter out of every single piece of this movie because, one, the CGI looks bad. And two, he's in pointless scenes. They're they're literally there just to have either give Lois the tiniest thing to do, which you don't need. She shouldn't even be like a huge part of this movie outside of the part where she needs to be the heart for Superman. But as far as like the reason that was there – it just it didn't make sense but anyways the ending the ending is is where i was kind of the most pissed off because he he tends to have these very definitive endings to his movies right uh, and and this one just was like and it was it was just like a stupid pointless smelly fart at the end of a, a <laughs> so to piggyback on this actually because I think this this film is bookended by two of the worst scenes that Zack Snyder has ever put to film. The opening of this movie is it shows the ending of Batman versus Superman, but then Superman screams, mm-hmm. oh, and right. that scene lasts for minutes. Of yeah. the sc- there's no dialogue except for Henry Cavill's scream that literally reverberates all over the world, and yeah. it is so cringy. It is not effective at all. And, and then yeah, to, I get the point it's supposed to have. It should have yeah. been like carved way down. But not, that's uh, that's this whole movie. But well, I will argue that this scene shouldn't exist. And because it's like you don't like the fact that he wakes up the mother boxes or whatever it is. It's so ham fisted. Okay. It's it's it doesn't make sense. Like, OK, not to get too like push push up my glasses and well actually but like <laughs> nerd wise it it doesn't make sense scientifically like oh, superman don't get scientific in a superhero movie i know but listen to this it's just basic logic superman screams so loud that it wakes up mother boxes in themiscara and underwater yet like joe schmo in gotham city didn't hear it or are we supposed to assume that literally the entire world heard this man scream for five straight minutes i like to think that it's the latter god that you can't see right now but i'm eye rolling super hard right now yeah but okay so we we mentioned bvs and man of steel so i want to throw it to you guys just quickly how do you rank this uh zack snyder's justice league in comparison to those two other movies for me it's third uh really what's your what's your ranking man of steel bvs justice league in Uh, in order of release yeah yeah brian Yep, exact same. And there's various reasons for that. And there there are some things I want to say now that I can look back on everything. If I had to pick, though, yeah, Man of Steel is by far the winner, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> I would I would do Justice League, Man of Steel, and uh, BVS. BVS wow. is, is, a, is, is a stain on humanity. Uh, <laughs> don't like that movie at all. <laughs> and Man of Steel, is it's like second by default. This at least didn't have something so egregious that it made me want to like throw something through a window. This one, though, oh, it's yeah, long. It okay. Well, okay. There are a couple things. <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll, a little, a couple more sections. We'll get to that. But uh, nothing. There was no Superman snapping a neck, and there was no piss jar Lex Luthor moment. 
that just See, I'm fine with both of those. Yeah, ugh, gross. All right. One thing I want to talk about with this movie in particular is I felt like I was crazy because watching four hours of Zack Snyder, it kind of crystallized a lot of my thoughts because it was like just it's like watching two Zack Snyder movies back to back with no breaks in between. It's a lot. <laughs> and so I started to notice these things. Right. And one of the things that really stood out is, uh, Mike, you mentioned this with Martian Manhunter, is the CGI was really bad. But it wasn't the CGI just in general. Some of it was good, like Steppenwolf looked pretty good. Uh, Some of the stuff looked all right. But it's how Zack Snyder shoots stuff. Like he will do these like crazy zooms on people's faces and then kind of blur the background. And he'll have these like uh, crazy slow-mo fights. There's so much slow-mo, by the way. But he'll have so much slow-mo. He had he'll have these fights where these people will do these fantastic things and he does them kind of in like one long CGI take like camera movement. And every time he did this, it looked fake. It looked green screen. Like it looked like 300 and Oh boy, that, that was really disappointing to me. It just Zack Snyder looked like Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, it was just one (laughs) where like in two hours, like 300 got away with it because it's like based on a Frank Miller comic book. It's super stylized, you know, it's all through like sepia tones and weird shit like that. But this just felt like, I don't know. It felt like a fan film. It felt like some guys like on zoom, like the, the backgrounds look so fake half the time that it was, there's this uncanny Valley where I just couldn't get over it. I just couldn't see it without seeing all the fakeness. Am I crazy? Like, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, I just, it's a superhero film that likely had to get a lot of VFX finished in a very, very short amount of time. So I was willing to kind of just roll with it. But as far as like, if you're comparing the movies, this one is probably the least finished. Yes. Yeah. And I I think like about little things like the interactions or the scenes between Steppenwolf and, and Darkseid or uh, the way he said Desaad was like, I don't even I don't know why I'm picking on that, but it sounded like he had something in his mouth. I don't know what it was. It just sounded weird. Brian, um, I'm just going to bring this up because you might you might relate to this. Didn't yeah. he sound like Unicron from the Transformers animated <laughs> movie? That's oh true. He did actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, dark side. Oh my God. God. It was so Unicron. Anyway, like, um, I I remember seeing the, what, what these characters were going to look like in the trailer and thinking, well, that is at least a little bit better looking than what Whedon gave us. And then seeing these, these scenes and just realizing, okay, I guess they're slightly better, but not quite there yet. I, I, you know, you gotta, got a little ways to go on this. And that's just, that, that's just a couple of characters there's so many so many of- sharp pointy edges on Stephanie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was yeah. a like a walking box cutter. <laughs> yes, <he was. laughs> that cut nothing. No. Uh, no. So the thing about Zack Snyder is is all his movies are dark for a reason because things look better when they're yeah with that kind of special effects in the dark. You're never gonna see a and daytime when, fight. Yes. When Joss Whedon tried to lighten up, you know the 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 movie that Zack had shot. It just it didn't look right. It looked strange and out of place. And... Well, that's why there's all that red in the final act of the Whedon one. Exactly. Because he was trying to do day for night and it just didn't work because well, Snyder shot it as night. Go ahead. I, I liked um, that. It's, it's funny you say that because like the scenes, there's one scene in particular I'm just thinking of where the parademons are dragging people out of the water or maybe it's the Atlanteans, I think. It's the it's, Atlanteans, yeah. Yeah. And um that's during the day. And I remember thinking, oh, this feels so refreshing right now. Like literally. But it's feeling, like dusk. It's like, yeah, it is. 
but even just that little bit was like, <laughs> oh, this feels like a slightly different, almost better movie. Like, and then no, a minute later, it's it's night again. So yeah, here's 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 the thing. Interesting. If you're a villain in the Snyderverse, just do your crimes during the day. Superman to sleep, man. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to talk about this movie as a standalone film. Because this isn't Justice League Part One. This is Justice League. We're likely not going to get more. Um, so yeah, on you that, never know. Okay, we're we're ah, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting there. If we no. got this, anything is possible. Oh, That's all God. I'm saying. <laughs> if I hear that one more time, I'm serious what? though. Warner Did Brothers, you really think this would ever happen? No, I didn't. You can exactly. go back and read four years of me writing at the playlist. I did not think this was going to happen. I made fun of people who said it was going to happen. It's a but goddamn miracle. Here's the thing. Let's just okay. You brought it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna nip this in the bud. Ben Affleck isn't returning as Batman after the Flash. Not gonna happen. Henry Cavill is definitely not coming back as Superman outside of small appearances because they're moving on. And sure, you can get. Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, and Wonder Woman back, Gal Gadot, but that's about it. Like, you're not going to, there's no amount of money that's going to bring Justice League Part 2 out. I don't know. I think Zack Snyder might be able to do it if he wanted to do it. As an animated movie or comic book, yes. As a live action movie, no. I disagree. Okay, I, I, I think if he was properly motivated and he wanted to do it, all of these actors would do it for him. No, is all I'm they saying. Wouldn't. Yes, they, they would. Well, okay, but Warner ben Affleck is came never going to do it for, for Zack Snyder. Warner Brothers isn't going to do it. The only reason Warner Brothers is doing this Warner right now Warner Brothers wasn't going to do this. Well, the, the only reason that fucking do it. So they and if they do that again, it might happen need, again. Because they need HBO Max content. Exactly. That's all it is. What if they need more? That's They're all not, I'm saying. This movie <laughs> yeah. literally, when you when you add up all the money between the Whedon cuts, the Snyder cut, and the original production costs, this is a four hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, it's this is just yeah. like they're okay. Not going to happen. Regardless, okay. standalone I, I, movie. I'm going to snip a recording of that. And <laughs> okay, if it happens, right. I'm going to yes, shove I will, it in your face. I will eat literal crow. We'll find a crow and I'll <laughs> eat crow. And worship at find the a altar VHS of Jack copy Snyder. of the crow and you are going to eat that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have a VHS copy of the crow. Yeah, I do too, actually. Yeah. So, Mike, yeah. as a standalone movie, mm-hmm. live in my fantasy world. Yes. What do you think of this? Does it succeed at all? I mean, there is the the general storyline of, you know, there's this bad guy that's trying to put together these thing, magical thingies, and we got to beat him before he puts together the mag- magical thingies. Wait, wait, wait. His big brother. We're not talking Infinity War. We're talking – oh, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very generic team-up storyline, and that's why it's – it comes across as pretty bland at times, but you know, there's, there's so much that sets up, you know, additional storytelling. So, I mean, as a solo movie standalone, probably not, but do any of the movies stand alone in the Snyderverse? Probably man of steel is probably the most BVS BVS kind of barely. No, it does. It sets up the, it's not a good movie, but (laughs) it, it definitely tells a complete story with the beginning, middle and end. Yeah, this has a beginning, middle, and end as well, but the end is more of a huh? Okay. You know? Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess this is a no, but did you uh like this as a standalone film? No. Um, <laughs> no. no. And here's and here's why. So, you know, we're talking about these the the setting up this film does, the 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 tie-ins to, to its predecessors, but it almost like 
it almost has these moments where it it forgets to do that. Like, and I'm going to refer to the big flash moment in Batman v Superman. I figured, okay, we're going to see the other end of that here in Zack Snyder's Justice League. All we get is one little moment of of Bruce Wayne saying, oh, I remember once uh, seeing the flash and and he was right there. And then later in the film, in the big epilogue, we see we see the flash and he appears to resemble the way he does in that little sequence in Batman v Superman. But that that, wasn't to come to fruition until part three. Oh, so it's like the film. Yeah, it does. It does try to stand on its own, but it also doesn't and it i don't know it, it's it doesn't it, it doesn't understand what it wants to be other than uh, a showcase for Zack snyder to you know to snyderfy it i i just remember i'll never forget mike uh messaging us when he started watching this film and it's and his first words were it's so much more snydery <laughs> i mean that, that that's and that's perfect that's that is the yeah. perfect review of of all the reviews i've i've seen that is nailing it so but outside of that no standalone wise no not not so for our next section here because i Uh, i think before we go on i do want to say does it work as a standalone film probably less so but yeah it almost works better if you look at it as a standalone series like a season one no. Which is kind of like what he was basically. Oh, no, that no, is actually no. not a terrible way to look at it. It I mean, is a so terrible idea. And here's what I'll tell you: uh, season chapter, two and three are coming. I'm telling the you. The chapter <laughs> breaks. The chapter breaks are so arbitrary, and they don't. If you broke this down, because I know HBO Max is actually going to release this as one movie, but they're going to have like chapter breaks built <laughs> into it, so you can like continue with specific chapters. There's no sure. There's maybe like a thematic reason that's very stretchy. Like okay, sure, but there's really if you watch those as single episodes, you're not getting episodes of stuff. You're just getting scenes, random scenes. Like no, it, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was constructed as such. Right. But so it almost it plays a, like it's a four-hour movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But the way he is telling a story, it's very serialized. Is it? <laughs> yeah, you've lost me. Are you including the first two movies? Yes. Oh, well, that doesn't make it a standalone movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's Zack Snyder's <laughs> universe. He, do, he expects, much like Civil War, well, actually, that's a standalone movie. Yeah. Is. yeah. But you had to know so much to really understand that movie, is what I'm saying. Well, of and course. And, and in this, he's he expects you to be keeping up, just like Marvel would, but people aren't as invested in this universe. It seems, well, some are, but it, it, it's, uh, it's an expectation that uh, apparently people are very uncomfortable. with. So I, I, I think maybe either I didn't explain myself or you misunderstood what I meant by this, the standalone aspect of it. And the reason why I don't think it works has zero to do with understanding who these characters are and what their motivations are from previous movies. For me, this literal story that we watched this four hour Snyder cut does nothing as far as a complete story you have steppenwolf coming to earth to collect mm-hmm. the mother boxes right mm-hmm. he comes to earth collects the mother boxes they then for what oh, obviously because it's again setting up future movies he starts talking about the anti-life equation yeah towards yeah. the end introducing an entire new subplot an entire new word uh, yeah but marvel about- does that all the time 
I don't know I, that to that level. I don't know they that to do. that level. They do. They absolutely do. I don't want to compare this to Marvel because that's a bit unfair and people will get really upset. But I think introducing a new plot point two-thirds of the way through a four-hour movie is just bad storytelling. And yes. I I don't think that this is a standalone movie in that sense. And also in the sense that Steppenwolf gets beat up, but the final act is more of like a first act fight in another movie. Like he gets beat up, but it's, he's going to come back and he like threatens to come back and like dark sides, like I'm going to come down there too. And blah, blah, blah. And it's anyway. Yeah. Does that make it, more sense? I, I feel like it would have felt more complete if dark side actually came. Right. But because it was all building up, Steppenwolf was just a lackey to this dude. And, and ultimately we don't really get much out of dark side other than, you know, snippets here and there and a promise that he will come and that shit's going to go down in, in flash forwards. But yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, there is structure to the movie. He technically has a beginning, middle and end to it, but he fills it with so much other stuff that I feel like it, it feels kind of more serialized. Well, and then there's the fact that like Batman goes to wherever Aquaman is in the north, like mm-hmm. Iceland or whatever. Yeah. And he, he goes there and he visits them and then he leaves. And then we go back to Iceland for whatever reason, because Aquaman's back there again. And then we leave like it feels very scattershot. Yeah. We're introduced it's to a the- meandering kind of flow. Yeah, it, it's a very slow meandering kind of let's dabble in this area now let's go over here it's never like propulsive superhero like go 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 kind of action even like the action scenes are just kind of like they flow into it yeah yeah okay so i i need to cut us off there because i want to get to this next thing we got to compare this to the whedon version um Mm. because here's just quickly i just want to say that this might be a hot take but i really really felt this way that I think Zack Snyder's Justice League gave me a better appreciation for Whedon's film, and I'll explain why. This is a four-hour film that showed me just how ridiculous it was to assume that a two-hour version of this movie could ever exist. And given those circumstances and studio pressure, I believe that Joss Whedon did about as good as he could to make a coherent two-hour version of this mess. What do you guys think? Uh, I'd say that's the best praise you could give it. It is the best he could do with what he had. It's not a good movie, though. The, no, the, the no. Whedon version. But uh, but there, the reason I say that is because we were told for years that Zack Snyder had a wildly different movie, and then I think it yeah. was revealed that Zack Snyder didn't have a wildly different movie. He just had a wildly longer movie. Yeah, it's and, a longer winded movie yeah. <laughs> version of it. And, yeah. and with that knowledge, I'm just like, well, Whedon, he added some terrible, cringy jokes and some pretty bad humor but all the extra scenes that he added i would argue were there just to kind of get from point a to point b as quickly as possible the only one i would say one scene that i missed from the joss whedon one was the the do battle save one person thing between batman and the flash yeah i thought that was was a really great hero moment that was Um, that was neat yeah that's reminiscent of his age of ultron hawkeye scarlet witch thing yes and and that's kind of the the problem I, I'll, I'll, Mike, I'll, I'll tell you this. I told Brian earlier, but I actually rewatched Joss Whedon's version because I watched the Snyder cut. So you'll watch Joss Whedon's version, but well, you will not rewatch explain. Batman. No, versus Superman. no, <laughs> I watched I watched <laughs> Snyder cut and I was like, wait, this is Joss Whedon's movie just longer. Maybe I'm crazy. So I went back and I, I, I watched Joss Whedon's version and it was shocking how much of the, the, the DNA these movies share. Joss, yeah, but 
even like the cuts or the the uh the scenes the ver the the you know the cuts that that he chooses oh yeah of the same exact dialogue are yeah. worse well he, he even more poorly edited the yeah. the dialogue like he yeah. he'll move scenes in and out which is it's weird but regardless he'll even reuse scenes there's that martian manhunter scene at the very end when he flies away from bruce wayne in the Joss Whedon version, he uses that exact scene in reverse. He uses it to zoom in on on the Batcave or whatever. Does uh, he really? Yeah. Oh. There's a whole bunch of this where he just used everything that he could just in different ways. He obviously recolored the whole thing. But yeah. the editing is is very – it's it's a lot. But again, I just think that like – we were told that this was an official studio mandate, but this is what was wildly reported and speculated by people in Snyder's group that Whedon only used about 25% of Joss Whedon footage or uh, Snyder footage for his cut. I would argue that it's really closer to 60 something percent. And that yeah, this. I think they ended up saying it was an hour recently in one of the interviews. Oof. He used an hour of, of Zach's footage. Well, which, yeah. Which would be fifty percent of the movie. Yep. I would I would say it's more than that. Even if you basically to for the listeners who aren't going to go back and rewatch it, Joss Whedon took a scene, he colored it differently, brightened it up, added a joke at the end, normally in a little tag at the end of a thing with the flash, and that was about it for about. But that's the thing. Of the Most of those flash jokes were Zach's, which surprised the shit out of me. I would. There were still some though. There's still some. Oh There's, yeah, he definitely added a couple, but for yeah. the most part, that like she added the brunch thing was Zach. Do you remember the brunch joke? I don't remember the brunch joke. The brunch when joke. when uh, when Batman goes to Barry oh, Allen and Barry Allen says like, "Oh, I want to be like in a team. I don't have many friends." That's a whole Zack Snyder joke, which I thought was yeah. which, which I was surprised by. And then Whedon continued it by saying, I just don't get people. He's like, what's brunch? You know, and he goes off on brunch for a second. And I was like, oh, yeah. God, this is terrible. And and that's unfortunately Whedon brought a lot of that to it. So, uh, Brian, you didn't really interject much. What do you think? Th is there anything that stood out now that we've seen both versions of this movie? Was there something that Whedon did better or worse? Or, you know, how do these compare? Do you think? I mean, honestly, there there were some i mean yeah mike I, I did like that little dialogue between batman and the flash that was neat. neat and it was neat it was it was it was jolly <laughs> but there were there were some jokes that i i actually i didn't entirely not appreciate i guess is the best way to put it i mean like i i remember um when when aquaman says that what is his line and when they first meet and he says, I, I can't remember exactly. I work better or I'm strong oh, no. when I'm alone or what is he it says, again? Yeah. He says something to the effect of uh, strong people work better alone. And yes. Which is in the Snyder cut. Well, yes, and then Batman's but, interjects. Yeah. Yeah. But Batman says that's not, or Batman doesn't like, say anything in the Snyder cut. Batman yeah. then in, in the Whedon cut says, that's not the saying. That's the opposite of the saying. Exactly. <laughs> Little things like that. It was, I mean, not every joke in the Whedon version stuck the landing but it was there were a few that that just helped to move things along just a little bit i'll just never forget like i i mean it's obviously we're talking about things that did work in the whedon version i'll just never forget whispering to mike after that very first scene in the whedon version of of superman talking on that cell phone camera and we, and we first see what the mustache removal looked like and Ugh. just leaning over to mike and saying so that's the best they could do, huh? Like, <laughs> I think a it, lot of people did that. Yeah. 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 So also, 
I'll say this yeah. about the mustache. Watching it on my nice 4K TV in 2021, <laughs> oh, boy, that mustache oh, looks oh, terrible. I can imagine. I can just imagine. Oh. Anyway, an HDR for oh god. <laughs> that whole opening scene is is cringy. The, Whedon unfortunately was like, I did Avengers, so I'm just gonna bring Avengers to Justice League because yeah. the first Avengers has those cutaways to like news camera alert yeah. things, and those and don't so work he, in the Avengers either. I mean, they're okay. Exactly, they're okay at that. Yeah, but to open the whole scene that way with Superman was just weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not that this movie opens up any better. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I would say it opens better than than the little kid. Like, was that even a real little kid, or was that someone making a little kid? It was voice? ADR. It sounded real bad. Yeah, I don't it know. It sounded like a voice actor trying to be a little kid be interviewing Superman, and it just drove me fucking insane. So that's why I'd rather watch Superman scream for five minutes than than whatever the fuck that was. Okay, I'll 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 acquiesce and, and say you're right there. <laughs> Thank you for acquiescing. <laughs> <laughs> so next, moving away from Whedon. Back to what Zach turned in. Our discussions got to go into the ending of this movie. So before we get into the the actual ending, because I want to explain to people why I absolutely despise calling anything in this movie an ending, because there really isn't (laughs) a true ending. So I kept marking timestamps throughout my viewing because I saw at the end of the the big Steppenwolf fight, they have this big hero moment where they're all standing on like this mountain or whatever, looking into like the dawn of like, you know, the age of heroes or whatever Snyder has in his head. <laughs> and, and and I looked at my clock because I'm like, oh, cool. This movie's almost over. And that was 185 minutes yep. of a 242 minute movie. So I still had an hour left. And then the stupid epilogue title thing came up and i was like what and then at 190 minutes so five minutes after the epilogue begins there's another hero shot of superman ripping open his shirt revealing the black suit and that's just sticking with the black suit yeah which is weird by the way totally not the purpose for the black suit in the comics and he completely ignores it he he literally walks past the blue suit and looks at the black suit and he basically says fucking cool and puts it on, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I wish you would have said that. Yes, I yes. wish you would have said that. Yeah. <laughs> With his eyes. He did. And I did. Oh, gross. The black suit, again, in the comics, Mike can, can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a regeneration suit. Like, he wears yes. it to help him, like, you know, come back. Absorb anyway. the sun's rays better, yes. Yeah. So, and then he, he dumps it because he knows that that's not the symbol. Regardless. At 190 minutes... There's a, a scene where he opens his shirt and reveals the suit and he like kind of walks towards camera in that famous way that Superman does and cut. But nope, we still got like 50 minutes left. <laughs> then <laughs> then comes the the scene that everybody's been talking about for weeks now. This post-apocalyptic and everybody scene. will talk about. Yes. Oh, God. This post uh, spoiler alert, obviously, is a post-apocalyptic scene with Batman and his new quote unquote team, which includes Deathstroke, Joker, Jared Leto, Mara, all sorts yep. of fired up Mara, Flash. They with, killed Aquaman. Yes. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Flash and, and Cyborg. 
right? So it's Deathstroke, Joker, Mara, Flash, and Cyborg, and Batman. Yes. Okay, and yes. Batman's wearing his stupid goggles, and he's got, like, his little, like, you know, trench coat on, whatever. Yeah. And so this is famously the only scene that they shot for this movie specifically uh, for the Snyder Cut. And it mm-hmm. presents basically, I guess the premise is, this is a world where Lois's death made Superman kind of turn evil and work with dark side for some reason. Well, the anti-life equation is, is right. Superman turn, but, but Lois died and that was kind of the thing, right? That was what pushed him over the edge. Probably. I don't know how it all turned together, but that was going to come in part two and three. Yeah. Probably part three. (laughs) What really, what really, I think that we hinted at, uh, one of the things I said, there were no moments where I wanted to throw something through a TV or a window. There was. I lied. It's Batman turning to Joker and saying, make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. I will fucking kill you. I, I See, I thought it was so outrageous that I was enjoying it. But it, it wasn't necessarily where I'm like thinking, that is Batman through and through right there. I, it's just a I moment it was where Snyder I, was, I was entertained by it. Right. But it was a moment where Snyder was thinking like, this is so cool. Yeah. I mean, he's he's admitted that that scene was solely so they could see Batman and Joker together with him directing it. That was like his desire to to put that in the movie or to at least have that happen, you know, under his watch. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. It Do you want to like get into it? Like, horned in this. The, the whole scene is useless and stupid, right? Like until part three. But we're oh, <laughs> we're not going down there. Brian, what did you think of this stupid epilogue? Well, first thing, did Mira have an accent early in the film that was gone by the end okay. of the film? Uh, <laughs> no, it was still there. Does Mira have the British accent in the Aquaman movie? Is what I, I couldn't remember. I, I don't could... think she does. Oh, by the way, since we want to talk to Aquaman. Willem Dafoe's hair in this Snyder what cut the hell was is that? ludicrous. And honestly, I loved it. Like it was so out, outrageous and ludicrous, like you said. But I was, I was like, that's wonderful. No, God, I was just, I was, I can't even tell you what words he said in this movie because I was just like, is his hair really down to his like nipples? Like this is nuts. <laughs> I, okay, I was Brian. Entertained. Brian. Uh, Mad Max Justice League. What'd you think? Mad Max Justice League. You no, know, I, I, I no, 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 no. I, I, there was, there was, all the way to the end when, when, when anti-life Superman uh, appears, I just wasn't, I didn't feel anything at all. There was no, oh shit, here we go. This is, you know, there was nothing like that. It was, okay, evil Superman again. Okay, we, we saw that, you know, five hours ago. And Jared Leto, I, I guess I have to really question whether or not I actually appreciate him as an actor because here. <laughs> I, I just I just did not I didn't get what he was doing. Was he trying to do a Heath Ledger? Was he trying to do his own thing? W- was that actual dialogue that he was handed by someone or was that him <laughs> just going off? Yeah, the reach around line was was silly. Oh, well, no, it was, I mean, it I'm was very much it. a scripted line because they had to film everything separately. So everything had to be mapped out to the T. Right. You're absolutely right. There was no, no improv. That's. Very true. I just it was <laughs> very ledgery though. It was ledgery. Ish. I yeah. I I don't know. And Not it's quality. No. <laughs> no. 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 He was still a fascinating. I mean, say what he you will fasc- about his take on the Joker. It is Terrible. kind of yeah, sure, but it is still 
thoroughly entertaining. Oh, no. okay. No. Couple of things. First of all, I, I remember getting this very strange feeling that the interaction between Batman and Joker in that scene, which by the way, I, I actually, that is something I did appreciate. Like, I just like seeing those characters together to that end. I got this very strange Lego Batman movie vibe between the two of them. Like this feels <laughs> like what I, I saw in that movie and I love Lego Batman movie. Great. So movie. In, in, in that sense, I guess there were parts of that that I didn't really, really mind. And then I had to remind myself, wait a minute. No, I'm watching, I, I'm watching Jared Leto doing something with this character that, that could either be construed as genius or could be construed as, complete insanity i don't know it had a very like drama club feel to it he was doing all the acting he was yes he was i don't know (laughs) maybe i should change this and say that that interaction was the best part of the movie but it also it also (laughs) is fascinating like it's pointless yeah but it's fascinating to watch so though i'm just glad that we're not getting a whole movie of this yeah um no, of, ever. Of of, <laughs> yeah, this whole like Batman's B team sort of thing. Like, oh my god! Like, Deathstroke to be part three. I know Deathstroke looked silly. Mira yeah. was just like Mira. Like, did like a a bump of coke and was just like, <laughs> and like, and Flash was silent. I don't. I can't yeah. tell you if he said anything. Apparently, he filmed filmed that I on the Fantastic Beast set. Yeah, yes. but Which, but. Why he needed to be there in well, at all? He needed to be there so that he looked kind of, sort of like the vision that Batman's. I'm like, <laughs> boring myself trying to explain it. Really fast, really, really yeah. fast. I cannot pick out like most of the words that that Jared Leto said, and yet Reach I remember. Yes, <laughs> and yet I remember all of them. It's it's a very strange <laughs> phenomenon that I. You, that that's the impression he left on me. I don't know. I'm gonna have to, now that I'm thinking about it, I have to maybe I'll have to watch that scene again, but I just don't want to, guys. Say no. what you will about about his Joker, it sticks with you. I will say that much. How different was it from Suicide Squad? Was it drastically very different, different or very, very different? Very okay. different. He in Suicide Squad, he's all kind of like, you know, mobster Scarface mm. Joker. Yeah. Um, or Juggalo Joker. And in in this, though, he's just like this weird, like, he's not even really the Joker. Oh, his laugh, by the way, that. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. God. Terrible. See, even that, I'm fine with that. I don't care about that stuff. He's, no, he's but, a fascinating actor, but. But him alluding to giving Batman a reach around was not funny. No, and there was no point to it. It was weird. And yeah. and I enjoy the fact that they finally talked about Batman, like, killing children, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. You know, because the truth of the matter is Batman endangers the lives of children on a regular basis <laughs> and never gets called out on it except by the Joker. So I was very happy about that. Joker basically saying, like, look what you did. You killed children. <laughs> and those children yeah. being Bat- Robin or whatever. Yeah. And but, but other than that, like, I couldn't I couldn't care. I didn't feel because we'd never seen them really interact hardly at all. I think a little bit in uh, Suicide Squad in like an action scene. But there wasn't this whole like, you know, moment where you're like, oh, two greats battling it out. Oh, <laughs> what are they going to say? It was just, it just felt like meh. Yeah, it needed yeah. It, it, it doesn't it didn't make sense in the context of this movie. Or that scene. It was there. Like even know? Deathstroke's like, why the fuck is this guy here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. 
other until than part three. No, and uh, other than <laughs> no, Snyder's, until Snyder's part and three. Was, no, Snyder was like, you know, it'd be cool, Batman and Joker teaming up in a post-apocalyptic world. Hey, wait, did he say the uh, we live in a society line? Did no, he, he say did that? not. No, and he not. didn't have like the Jesus crown or all no. those weird no, photos that have happened. No Jesus Thank Joker. I was let down by that. I wanted I him just to wear a crown of thorns. No, he's already wearing a Gotham PD vest with like 14 badges, alluding that he just basically killed all these like That's police right. officers. Yeah. And Batman's Makes like, okay, sense. buddy. Makes total sense. <laughs> right. But it doesn't make sense that Batman's like, okay, let's yeah. have this guy near me. Why is he on the team? Yeah, that doesn't make sense until part oh, three. Jesus, with this part three business. <laughs> <laughs> or should okay. I say season three? Season three. Okay. But believe it or not, that's not even the end of this movie. There is a whole other scene, which Mike alluded to at the beginning with Martian Manhunter, which has – so this stupid nightmare scene, K-N-I-G-H-T, nightmare scene leads to Batman literally waking up from a nightmare to a green guy just floating into his house and <laughs> saying like, hey, bro, I'm Martian Manhunter. And I want to be part of your team. And, and something's says, coming. And something's Batman's says, coming cool. in part two. Yeah. And Batman says, cool, awesome. You're a telepathic monster man that flies. But <laughs> sure, I'll take your and word. And I'm inexplicably <laughs> skinnier than I've ever been in any yep. of these movies. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and we bought the house from Ex Machina. It's yeah. real beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, okay, so all of this Martian Manhunter thing segues into kind of my next topic. I want to talk about kind of the nerdy moments in this movie because there's all kinds of Easter eggs. But Martian Manhunter is probably, like, the biggest – he's not even an Easter egg. He's a full-blown cameo at this point. Um, yeah. Mike, you already said you didn't like it, mainly because of the CGI, and it just felt completely out of place. Um, he didn't there, need to be there. He really didn't. No, no, he didn't. It was it – was, it was Zack – much like this whole movie, it's Zack Snyder flexing his muscles, spending yeah. that $70 million and, you know, more power to him. But, Brian, what do you think of Martian Manhunter? Um, I mean, I could pick on his his final line if you want me to, um, which was just just plain bad. But um, <laughs> – Well, you got to say it. It is literally – I wrote it down. Yeah, what is it? Some call me Martian Manhunter, dot, dot, dot. And, he, and literally credit. Bruce goes – Okay. okay. <laughs> and that's how it ends. <laughs> we have it. And he flies off into the sunset again because it's not two o'clock in the afternoon. It's more like five thirty, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. early dawn. Who knows? It's always but dusk. Or it's always early. like kind of maybe night or day. It's but yes, darkest just before the dawn. Oh, no, that's what he should have said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that that was just that that was so silly. It just here's I, what it I, is. Uh, both of these scenes, the epilogue, uh, which epilogue? Scene, There's three the of nightmare, them. the nightmare scene, and uh, the Martian Manhunter scene are what Marvel would do with after credit scenes or mid credit scenes, or these yes. these are stretched out. Except you know that Martian Manhunter scene could really just be an after credit scene, and people would be fine with them being that. But because they're the end of the movie, they're the last note you're thinking about. It just leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I just love how Batman in BVS was like, fucking aliens. We're humans. We got to take care of ourselves. And then Martian Manhunter comes and is like, I'm a Martian and I'm a Manhunter, whatever that means. He's and, learned from his mistakes. And Batman's like, cool, bro. Join our team. 
We bought See, a house. That part doesn't bump up against me. That's fine. Yeah, it's just weird. It, it again, it, it's a innocuous sort of like you said, just a after credits stinger. Doesn't mean anything, but yeah, it's exactly. it's the final image of this movie, and they really should have ended such it. Such a question mark. Yeah, it's such a just like a what? Yeah. That's how you end it. So another thing I wanted to point out: Crispus Allen, Detective Crispus Allen, finally gets his name mentioned. Did you guys catch this? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Doesn't Gordon says it? Gordon said at yes, uh, Gotham PD in the Whedon cut. The guys there, they have a conversation, but for some reason, Whedon cut out Gordon saying Crispus, which is silly. Like, why? Why not throw that in there? But for those listening, Crispus Allen is a, a famous Gotham police department uh, police detective who eventually dies and becomes a character called the Spectre. So yeah, there was, was kinda... a, there was more than that. There was the Adam that was in there as Ryan well. Ryan Choi, yes. Yeah. In a nolan-esque moment at the end of the movie you see this guy who's been working next to cyborg's dad this whole movie Mm -hmm. and they hand him the the keys to the lab kind of literally and say like oh are you ryan Choi?" and he goes looks to camera yes i'm ryan Choi, aka adam in a movie (laughs) my friends call me adam my friends call me martian manhunter (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that that was kind of cool i guess in a you know you know whatever sort of way and there was a lantern, not a, a green lantern, but not the green lantern. So, you what know, was that supposed to be? What, it's was the that same lantern Kilowog? from Eden's version. No, it was didn't it? look like okay. Kilowog. I I don't know who it is. Mike, do you did you? Couldn't tell. Yeah. I yeah. Really it it was just you know whatever, just an ancient lantern. It was a lantern. But yeah, that was in the Whedon cut. One other thing I wanted to mention, as far as uh, little nitpicks or or things that stood out to me, Ezra Miller's running. Okay, can, can here we, we go. Talk, can we talk about the Flash? Because I actually have some questions for Mike in a moment here. Well, and before wa- we get to I wa- that, I want to talk about the running though. Oh man, this yeah. will be fun. Rodrigo Perez, our editor in chief, wrote the review of this, and I'm so glad he did because he mentioned it in his review. But it's not. It's it's so bad. I think we have to talk about it here as well. Ezra Miller looks like a little kid who is told to run in slow motion. <laughs> right. It yeah. doesn't like. In a world where we have how many seasons of The Flash, Mike? Uh, I think we're on seven. Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. hundred something episodes of The Flash. I gotta and, say, I'm not fully invested anymore, but I'm still watching. But either, even still, over a hundred episodes of The Flash on CW on a fraction of the budget, and somehow that looks more convincing than every bit of Flash speed in this movie. I don't know. It's pretty bad on there too. Well, come on, man. Uh, I will definitely say in the in the part where he's circling the whole uh, Russian, you know, doomsday town or whatever it was. The stronghold, the stronghold, the stronghold. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it it, it's definitely he's just, you know, doing slow mo running in real time. And you can tell because he has (laughs) to talk during this. Yeah. And it's the most cringy dialogue you've ever heard in your fucking life. And here's the thing. That part was probably the most surprising part of the movie where the the convergence happens. It blows everything up and Barry Allen stops it. That I'm just like, fuck, yeah, let's do this. And then he starts talking and you're yeah. like, what? It will, you're talking he's like, to your dad out yeah. loud and you're saying, I'm the best daddy i'm the best of the best daddy and you're just like running and i'm like can you just cut out the dialogue and keep what's happening because i'd be so on board with this 
if it's him like running back time and the way they visually kind of portray it, it's super cool. But then you add the dialogue and I'm fucking ready to throw my iPad across the fucking room because this is the most awful, terrible dialogue I've ever seen acted out in any superhero movie in a long time. Yeah. So, A, we don't get Barry Allen in this movie until 70 minutes in. That's true. I, which yeah, is it was an- absolutely bonkers. And when he is on screen, Ezra Miller in the dialogue is like this breath of fresh air. He has like fun dialogue. He makes fun jokes. A lot of the jokes that I assumed Whedon wrote were actually Snyder jokes, like we said. And and then there and then he uses his powers. And at first there's the scene with uh with Iris West. Yeah. And that sweet. seems actually really sweet and cool. Yeah. Well, no, I don't I didn't like the hot dog thing. The hot dog thing was so I thought that was the best part. No, but I like how in so we've seen super speed in a number of different things nowadays but the way snyder treats it's actually kind of cool in the sense that flash has to be so dainty with his movements like he can't just full-on touch somebody because he'll like knock him through a wall so he has to like poke him a little bit you know he has to be very very gentle with and it's very gentle and ezra miller does almost like a dance where it's super gentle and flowy but when it comes down to him seeing like i gotta run his the approach the speed of light it looks so stupid that it just it suddenly undercuts everything yeah yeah so brian you had thoughts about the flash well okay yeah the the running i mean i just thought he looked like he was skiing uh or something rodrigo compared it to swimming swimming (laughs) it does look like he's swimming through you know yeah which i think Um, that was a conscious decision i just think it was the wrong decision it looks silly Yeah. yeah somebody should have been like come on there, there, there are so many things um, like that, that first scene of him going to his job interview and th- what are his first lines? He's he's basically muttering and talking to random people saying, I'm late, I'm, I'm late. And it's like it, it's it's Is very it? it's very odd. Yeah. And it, it's almost I, I don't I don't know. If I think you're making total things creep. up. And he's a total creep staring yeah. at I, I mean, Iris West, beautiful woman, Kiersey Clemens. But. Yes. He stares at her hard, he like daggers through her, like to the point where she should have <laughs> called the cops. I, but she was staring right back, motherfucker. Probably thinking like, who is this kid? He is weird. <laughs> I guess my my question here is, okay, we've seen now we've seen several on screen flashes going back to the to the original series. When was that? The late eighties, I believe. John Wesley 90, Ship, nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one or something. Nineteen ninety. Oh, nineteen ninety. I believe there these portrayals by John Wesley Ship, Grant Gustin, Ezra Miller to be very different. Do any of them slightly capture, Mike, the vibe of the Flash that you have loved? Or and I'm talking about his personality. I mean, what no. what do you think? I think the closest one that got the the one that got closest to his actual personality was that early '90s Flash. Wow. Um, they're but, all Wally yeah. West, aren't they? The early '90s one was not. No, no, but, but I'm the, saying the like, rest of them very much are more lighthearted and and Wally-esque. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> that's what I was curious about because I just I I I didn't really enjoy the 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 Peter Parkerness of it. Yeah, it was a breath of fresh air. There's no denying that. I I still do kind of a, enjoy those scenes in his uh, in his hideout. Those are those are okay when we when he first meets batman and everything but here's the other question so with the way super speed is portrayed in this film maybe on screen in general i don't know 
there's two perspectives. So from perspective A, we're seeing basically what we're seeing is somebody who can they're in one spot and then the next moment they're in another spot very far away. It's mm-hmm. just like it's like they're teleporting from the perspective With of yes, yes. From the perspective of the speedster, it's basically they're they're moving normally, but everything is is slowed down to the point where it's frozen. So I guess that's where I'm confused. Why then is he also running? Is he is he doing that? <laughs> is he doing that because that is what's going to activate the speed force and eventually cause him to travel through time? Or I I don't know. I I guess when I see him doing his air swimming skiing routine, that's where I'm confused. Does that even need to be happening? Because honestly, the part that I thought was the closest to how I felt it should look was that opening scene, which I didn't like. I did not like that opening scene of the Flash saving. Why? Irish because it was just it was so dumb and the the music choice there was just it it felt like that scene the first time yeah the first time I watched that scene I was kind of like knocked back by the musical choices same with most of this movie yeah Uh, or should I just say he's a big Nick Cave fan and you're gonna get all the (laughs) (laughs) but can we also say that the the Whedon version the Danny Elfman music is so silly it like, is. It and is the so needle silly. drops are just so commercial. They're like, oh, okay, we need yes. a white rock and roll. We need, yeah. and then, you know, just playing those but, two scenes side by side is hilarious, by the way. If you've never done that, when the, this drops on HBO Max, play the, the Whedon the version Aquaman where Aquaman scene? is storming yeah. out to Jack White, and then play the, the Nick Cave version and laugh your fucking ass off because such, it is hilarious. Such different vibes, too. Like, yeah. Like Snyder maybe wanted it to be more emotional. Yeah. And Whedon saw the same scene and was like, no, this is kind of his badass rock star vibe. Yeah. Very weird. But and Elfman- then, no, and then then there's the scene where people are singing Aquaman away oh, for no God. fucking reason. Oh God. They worship what him. is that? Why no. is that in the movie? And so, then she so, smells his sweater. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that in my she notes. She smells his sweater. That's right. Why does she oh. smell his sweater? What? <laughs> It's all sweaty Jason Momoa sweater. Like maybe oh. I just answered my question, but like like that was another level of this movie. There's there are levels that you can enjoy as like a superhero fan, but there are another other levels where you're like you're outside of it and you're like this is the most dumb hilarious shit I've ever seen. And you can appreciate a lot of the movie on that level. So, as I said earlier, Snyder does consider these people gods, like clearly, but I am so sick of the god imagery. The Aquaman yeah. worshippers, the Superman Jesus stuff. Superman still does one of the Jesus poses a couple times, actually, in this movie. Like, it's just uh, I'm so over it. <laughs> I'm yeah, so over I mean, this, he, this yeah, God. Stuff. I expected that stuff, so I, I'm not I'm not necessarily for or against. He does lay it on pretty hard, but that's not the stuff that's going to bother me. Yeah. So really quick i mean getting back to the the running and the speed stuff do you, <laughs> do you think that like because that's always been the superpower that i just am still waiting to see it portrayed really really cool on screen to be completely honest with you guys i think the only movie that's gotten it like as close to how i want it to look as possible is sonic the hedgehog um, <laughs> Sonic the hedgehog that's so, the only one i i just want to know like from both your perspectives from a, a huge flash fan and, and charles as well you know having grown up with these characters do you think that how the flash is represented in this movie and just in general from what I'm, i assume we'll see in the in the flash solo film if if, if this works i don't so know it- 
in my eyes, I always pictured it kind of like a treadmill, right? Like yeah. once you get running, you have to keep running to keep that speed or you're just – it's all going to topple, right? But yes. then like the X-Men movies, maybe they were not the first to show it this way, but the Quicksilver scenes where time just stopped – kind yeah. of went to like the default on like how this is how it is and those just don't even make sense too because quicksilver is able to play music at a certain speed but then time around him is stopped it just doesn't make sense so <laughs> that's stuff really bothered that. <laughs> yeah that stuff really bothered perhaps me, but... that he makes a field around him i don't know i'm just right. trying to so, give them something so in this movie he does a decent job where flash right before he's about to do anything there's like a crackle and maybe yeah. like one stray lightning bolt as if he's like tapping into the speed force kind of like subconsciously. Yeah. And then I guess you can assume that he stops time and he can just walk where he needs to go, even though that would just be like the worst superpower, right? <laughs> right. It's like, the least exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just that, but like also say you're the flash. Isn't the coolest part getting places super fast? Yeah. But if it's only perceived as fast by regular people and you still have to go through the drudgery of going a mile or two miles or however long it just takes you like, you know, yeah. a million times longer, that yeah. just would be terrible power. That would be like hell. That's what I mean. <laughs> there's there's one moment when um during the first big battle, it probably takes place right after that removed dialogue between – Batman and the Flash that we all liked. It's it's the moment where the Flash just zips really quickly in like in a door frame. I remember that that little moment he's facing off against a parademon and he's just blasting back and forth really quick. And I remember thinking that actually looks pretty cool. That's now that is what so I want to see. You just don't want to be in their perspective, is what you're saying. I you want to see it from from a viewer's perspective. I don't. And it, then because then a moment later we see him running around the circumference of that circular you know room also in that same scene he touches diana prince's sword sends it back to her i still feel like when he touched the sword i thought he was going to go boop like it just he was going to make a little noise <laughs> but that which i will say in the whedon cut actually makes more sense it does why Ooh. he's why he's hitting that sword back yeah there's yeah. a whole scene where where she needs that sword to cut a guy in half as they fall mm-hmm. and yeah. in this one she's just getting Look, thanks her for sword. my sword yeah yep. yeah yeah and Flash so, is like, cool, I can run fast and get you that sword. Exactly. And then so, a trip. Yeah. <laughs> so, so would you like a 16-hour version of this movie, Brian, where we have to watch him in real time run around the stronghold 45 times to reach the speed of light? Where he's just like huffing and puffing. like, <gasps> and, and eventually he reaches it. And then to everybody else, it takes about like, what, a quarter of a second? Uh, as funny as I think that would be, no. No, I, I just... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I want. That's the problem here because I've always thought the Flash is is probably the most fascinating character for a variety of reasons. And I just feel like maybe it's, it boils down to the actor. Maybe it boils down to the choices Snyder has made here. I don't know, but I feel like they're blowing it. And it does not make me excited for this Flash movie in the slightest, except yeah. for Michael Keaton. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think in my eyes, and, and Mike, you are the Flash fan, but in my eyes, yeah. the best use of s super speed in a relatively recent like superhero project is Quicksilver and Age of Ultron because they don't really do that whole stop time thing. He's just really fast. Yes, exactly. I didn't necessarily like the special effect of it all, how it looked. Well, he didn't look fast. Yeah, it, it didn't. It, it Plus, it looked just the the special effects didn't look good to me it it mm -hmm. looked strange and off 
So I was never satisfied with Quicksilver. But yeah, they they've kind of painted him. They've painted this new movie into a corner, in that I don't know how far Andy Muschietti can take it away from what they've currently established. Maybe they're let get. Maybe they're just letting him do whatever he wants, or maybe he's stuck with you know air swimming with lightning. <laughs> why well, why does why does the Flash get into a Olympic sprinter pose? Right before he, right before the whole scene where the moment where Superman turns and looks at him in slow motion, why does he get into that really stupid like he touches the ground and then takes off? Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Oh to me. yeah, and it just it, 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 that's just totally a stylistic choice. That, yeah, that that's is. a Zack Snyder because it looks cool choice. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyways, I'm I don't. I will say though the best <laughs> the best use of the speed in the sense of like slowing everything down is when you realize that Superman is just as fast and yes. Superman just looks over at him. That's it's really so fucking cool. cool. That, but that's it, the problem is we saw all the really cool scenes already, except yeah, yep. for maybe a, a handful here or there, and that's probably why a lot of people are having some issues or are going to have some issues with this movie. It's because we've seen it. It's just a longer version. Yeah. So and, and and so that segues into my final topic here. I think we have to discuss the quote unquote discourse surrounding this film, right? Yeah. Because the truth is, this just isn't a typical superhero film. This is the final product of a social media campaign that got up a lot of attention because of the tactics that were used. Basically, for those that don't know, the hashtag release the Snyder Cut people, not all of them, a lot of them were just fans that were like super enthusiastic and did they even did like, you know, some uh, suicide prevention fundraisers mm-hmm. and whatnot. Zack Snyder just quick, wanted a better fucking movie. <laughs> but but Zack Snyder is quick to point to those. But there were also some not so great people. And yeah. those people would, you know, they would announce uh, Warner Brothers would announce a random movie like a kid's movie. And you would get like a million subtweets of people saying, release a fucking Snyder cut, you know? And it was just like, yeah. whoa, buddy, you know? And eventually it worked, right? Like WB yeah. finally backed down. They got this movie. Great. So now that it's all over, the film's released, was it worth it? Like, are these people going to be happy? You have to assume they will. But Oh, they're going to be thrilled, dude. Yeah. Have you heard the reaction so far from the, the Snyder fans that have seen it? It's praise beyond praise. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm interested more not not to hear how they feel this week. I'm here. Uh, I'm more interested in how the sentiment is or where the sentiment is next year or two years from now when people can soberly look at this film as what it for what it is. So that's that's more what I want to get to is, is when people can and not be so uh, reverent about it. Is that ever going to come? Sure. We still have people arguing over Last Jedi. So, like, I, I just don't think there will ever be a time where the discourse surrounding the Snyder Cut, quote unquote, is going to well, be. Streams are always going to be there. Yes. Yeah. I just think that it's. I don't know. I I, I think the people that have the blinders on are going to love this. Right. No matter what, they're in the bag for it before this movie even came out. Right. I just wonder for those fans who are like, I just want to see Zack Snyder's uncut version of this. And then to see that it was basically a longer Snyder, uh, Joss Whedon cut. That's darker. Like, I don't know. I personally, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Snyder got to do his movie. I just don't know that it was needed. (laughs) Like obviously not necessary, but like even, I don't think that it was worth this four years of hype. See, that's where we are probably going to really disagree. 
because I'm very glad it exists because there is obviously a very big portion of the fandom that wants to see it and is going to love it. So good. They get their thing. Great. They get to obsess over it. Some of those toxic people that were dicks to everybody, they also get their thing, which is less cool. But, you know, I'm glad that there are people who are passionate and nice that just wanted to see the rest of Zack's story, that they finally get to see it. And it is, I mean, it is a Zack Snyder movie, whether you like it or not. So if you like Zack Snyder, then you're probably going to like this movie. So great, it exists. It's for you. If you don't like it, watch something else. Well, yeah, obviously. I just I just wonder if there's going to be any contingency of his fans that think like, oh, well, that's it. <laughs> uh, probably not people that are out and out Snyder fans. Yeah. I think anyone who's a Zack Snyder fan is going to love this. Fair enough. Brian, any thoughts about like, you know, whether this was worth it or the Snyder cut? Um, uh, yeah. The Snyder cut. Worth it in the sense that, yeah, yeah, Mike, you, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, those who are going to appreciate it and those who, you know, who, who might not. I, I, I think it's worth it in the sense that I guess the hope here is that as as happy as I am that Zack Snyder got this as a gift, you know, you know, for I guess largely for himself, but also the fans. I also hope that this will lead to other other instances of this. This is such a unique situation of seeing this movie resurrected in a, a way I could have never imagined. That it's definitely just, the most high profile like version it, of this that it seen. really is. And I I just think about all of those films that were were rushed out or films that were you know, unfinished that, that received a theatrical release or uh, movies that maybe portions exist on some dusty old shelf somewhere that I, you know, all of us uh, would like a, a David Ayer's suicide squad or yeah. you know, other DC properties. Do you really want to watch? Do you really want to watch movies you've already seen from years ago that weren't good to begin with? I, I would I, rather see a director's full, like their stamp of approval. This is what I wanted the movie to be than to just yes. be the, the chopped up, you know, here's what the movie by committee is. So, so here's the thing. I think that in a in a better situation would have been WB gives Zack Snyder $70 million and says, make whatever the hell you want. Right. I, I would rather see a new Zack Snyder movie for $70 million than well, you're going to see that on Netflix. Well, no, but that's a whole separate thing. I'm saying <laughs> I wish that that money would have been put put towards something else. I, I don't want to see another Justice League. I I, I, I think have... you are in the minority of like superhero fandom, though. Well, yeah, this I... is great fucking press for HBO Max. And this is great for their numbers. So Absolutely. I, I don't you guys see are their, telling this me, is a downside. You guys are telling me you would much rather see or not much rather, but you'd happily watch a two and a half hour, three hour David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad in 2021 or 2022. Sure. Why? I would do because it. I'm I just I'm just interested to see what he had in mind. I hated the Suicide Squad, but I'd I'd much rather see his version than whatever we got. But wouldn't you rather like we're we're James Gunn's redoing it, you know? Like James Gunn's gonna give us Suicide Squad. Like yeah, I, and I'd so, want to see that too. Right. But I'm just saying I, I would rather the effort be put towards different types of movies or more superhero movies or, you know, let David Ayer, you know, do something else. We don't need I th th my next question was going to be for you guys. Did WB open up a can of worms doing this? And I did. I do think they, they did because of yeah. the 
the air air cut thing, right? So like immediately after the Snyder cut was announced, hashtag release the air cut started trending because these people were obsessed with like, well, now that we got them to do this, we're going to get them to do whatever else we want. And, and I think that's terrible. I, just because you don't like a movie, just because a director has a shitty circumstance doesn't mean that we need to go back in time and give them whatever to make a movie. I know that that might be like kind of a, a a cynical hot take, but like, well, the root of the problem is WB is meddling too much in these big movies. And yes, they are putting a lot of money into them, but if they're trusting these creators to come in with a very specific voice, don't water down their voice, let them release what it's, it's better in its purest form than it is with you chopping it up and and trying to make it for a general audience. So, I don't believe that, and I'll tell you why with the Snyder Cut in mind. This four-hour cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League would, would not exist. Oh, no, it wouldn't have played in 2017. They right. would have released probably so like we're a three-hour version, which I would have preferred. What now? I said they would have probably released like a three-hour version, which I would no, have preferred. they were saying two – The they kept asking him to cut it down. Well, let's say until he would have fought for it, and they got to – yeah, they got to like three hours or two and a half hours. This wouldn't have been a good movie is all I'm saying. It, no it would matter, have been a more con, uh, concise movie. There would have been less <laughs> indulgence to it. It would have been less of a movie, yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this would have been a good movie. I don't think it would have been drastically better than Whedon's version of the movie. Like I said before, I think Whedon did about as good as you could do turning this four-hour behemoth into a relatively you know, short two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. Adding 20, my, 20, 30 more minutes of Snyderness isn't going to change that, right? Making it makes it makes it uh, unique and kind of a fascinating watch, which is why I can't discredit it completely because it's it's wholly its own thing. Well, yes, but I'm just saying that all I'm saying is every time a studio does wrong by a director, which happens a lot, a lot, yes, we cannot expect for the studio then to just say, okay, our bad, let's do this. Especially when we're talking about franchise movies where we've no. already moved on. So I would rather just, you know, I, I don't need to see this is what I'm saying. I don't want to see. Uh, sure. That's just you though. That's what I'm saying. There's a large audience out there. We That'll take as whatever you give them. There's a, there's plenty of room for content. There's plenty of, you know, platforms that are hungry for it. So why not? Because so there's you- a large audience for it. So you want WB just to like look on Twitter and say like what do you guys want? And then I, here's I'm twenty million dollars. As long as, finish as, long as it's block. not taking away from what they're also doing, if well, they're it just is. adding to HBO Max, then go for it. Yeah. That seventy million dollars that went to the Snyder Cut would have been used elsewhere, right? Theoretically, I don't know. I, it I mean, have, I'm it not could sure. have funded seven TV shows. It could have funded, you know, two mid-budget movies. Or was it? A A B or not ABC AT and T just saying all right here's the fucking money I'm just saying is is just because you don't want it doesn't mean there's not a lot of people that don't want it. I, I'm and again I'm not speaking for the entirety of the world all I'm saying is that <laughs> I believe that this was a completely unnecessary thing that was ultimately when when you get look at what you were given looks to me like a waste of time (laughs) and that sounds harsh and you know good on you snyder for being able to release a four-hour movie that's awesome but i it wasn't necessary and and i don't see this big injustice having now seen what this movie is now in its four-hour version 
and what Whedon turned in into two hour version, I don't see the big difference here. And I think oh, there's a big difference. I think we've established that much. Okay. I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. I, I have to agree with Charles on this one. I, I don't see the big difference. It's still neat that this happened, but I still, yeah, I don't, I don't see, this is not a hugely different film. I don't know. Go on, Charles. Well, yeah. No, the bones of the movie are the same. Absolutely. It's the, it's, they both tried to make the same movie, but they're very, very different versions of it. And I think it's a fascinating kind of way to look at something. That's why I'm glad that it exists. You get to see two completely different people's ideas of what a movie should be. That is Uh, a good point. That is and a very it, good point. How often do you see that? Exactly. We don't need to democratize everything, right? No, like, but it's fun. At the end of the day, this is and a, it makes this company a lot of fucking money. Right. So and that's, that's why what I'm it's going to keep happening. So Zack Snyder, you know, he gets to release his version, but the same people who are assholes to him are the same people that are profiting from this now. So <laughs> all I all I'm getting at here is. I really think that WB shot themselves in the foot by allowing this to happen. I don't know that we needed it, again, because a two-hour version or a two-hour and 30-minute version of this movie that we would have gotten in 2017 from Zack Snyder is not all that different than the movie that we actually got from Joss Whedon. And I don't know that there was this big injustice that you know artistic integrity was on the line sort of thing with Zack Snyder. Am I glad that he got the money to do it? Sure. Whatever. It's not my money. I don't care. But I I really don't want to sit here and maybe it's me because I have to, to work in this field and write about these movies day in and day out. I am so sick of talking about these movies from 2017 and 2016 as if they're relevant now. Like, I don't care about David Ayer's Suicide Squad in 2021. <laughs> I'm over it. I don't want to see more Jared Leto Joker. I'm done with it. I really don't care about David Ayer's Suicide Squad either. But if they threw it out there, I would watch it. Well, see, I I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. And and that's fine. But I'm just saying. But the thing is, you would. Well, if I have to talk about it, but I really (laughs) wouldn't. Like, I, I. I watched Suicide Squad, like all these movies, I watched it once in the theaters and never again. And, and, and so that's whatever. Like, I just, I would rather our effort as fans of superheroes, because I am a fan of superheroes. I just wish these guys would use their, their perceived power to, to focus on and trying to promote like original content that isn't, you know, four year old movies that were never good to begin with. You know, well, that's all I'm saying on that. They're just years away from actually getting any actual superhero content on HBO Max outside of like Peacemaker. So I think this was their way of kind of having something in that in between time. And they had to spend a lot of money to do it and appease a, a fan group that was part toxic because of it. But uh, I'm still glad it exists just because it's a really fascinating thing to see. With that said, we talked about it before. Brian, you didn't really chime in. Do you think this is actually going to lead to anything more with Snyder's Snyderverse? Part two and three. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, and I, it's it's funny when I see people like you know talking about like oh the 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 plans are in place, Justice League two and three, and you know all this other this other malarkey. No, this is this is <laughs> this is the end. We we have reached we we've reached the end of this. Uh, I'm going to call it an experiment because. Yeah, I I don't wish to see anything else 
with this aesthetic, with this vibe. I mean, this is my personal preference here, but I feel like if I was the 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 parent, you know, and I I'm giving this movie to to the the fans who are my children, I would say, okay, here, there you go, you got it. Now let's never talk about this again. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the way I feel. I'm glad it exists. I'm happy for Snyder. I hope it, yeah, like we just talked about, I hope it leads to other similar projects being resurrected. I'm still waiting for that uh, 2015 Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four version. With, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I, but sorry. see, that's what I'm saying, what man. Saying? Like, I, do you I, really I, want that? Yes. I, Again, so I'll watch it. Have potential. <laughs> there are so many films that are just screaming with potential that I know could benefit from something like this. I'm there glad will never exists. be a, a resurrected Fantastic Four. No. There will never be a resurrected Fantastic Four, I know. But Am I happy that it's here? Yeah, I am happy it's here. Am I happy I watched it? I mean, I I watched it, but I they can't say I was very happy doing it. This this needs to, we need to bring this to an end. We need to focus on the standalone uh, DC films, which I mean, God, God, the, the Batman that could be a remarkable film. But as far as what Snyder's done, we need to definitively close the book on this we got hey everybody got you we got you got what you wanted let's let's just move on to something else but but now they want more yeah you'll you'll get you'll get more it's just not going to be the same it's going to be yeah suicide squad and these little films with tiny tiny little ties to the greater universe and hopefully by the time black adam wraps if that one ever sees the light of day maybe then someone will finally say okay let's just be let's finally be done with this i mean seriously this this is silly. <laughs> this, yeah. this, this, this has failed. They have, they have done severe injustice to, personally, characters that I grew up with. I wasn't a big Marvel guy growing up. And I have, with the culmination being Justice League, as, as pleased as I am for Snyder, I, they've, they've screwed up. They screwed up what, what these characters could be. If anything, Superman and Lois is a better example of what, the, of what Superman could be. I mean, come on. No, but I love that. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. a whole other whole other dis- discussion there. Happy it's here, but you, we need to be done now. I think that's the thing. There's room for all kinds of content. It, yeah. Are they course correcting? Very clearly, yes. I'm interested yeah. to see where that goes. Uh, but that's not to say that we've seen the last of this Snyderverse, just because I will never say never oh. with, with these guys. That's not to. It's also not to say that I really am clamoring to see it. Like I'm fine if this is the end of it. I I'd much rather have them use Flashpoint as like a, a course correction, uh, as long as it's its own story and has. Is that like the plan? A, Are they planning to do that? To just, it's yeah. Just it's it pretty out? obvious. Okay. I, oh, I just think that they're going to just have fun with the multiverse and pick and choose yeah. what they want to keep. Yeah. Yep, and that's fine. That's totally good as long as we get people that are. Hmm. Better suited to the characters at the helm. Yeah. Or getting Ezra Miller. Do you think Ezra Miller will erase himself? See, I like <laughs> I like Ezra Miller as an actor. I just don't like some of his choices that he's making here. So maybe I'm hoping under another director it'll be better, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, it chapter two didn't really sell me on the director, so yeah well that's a podcast for another time i think i think we can close the book on this podcast and move on and never talk about justice league ever ever again um until part two and three yes (laughs) (laughs) 
Honestly, I'm saying it. I, I know. Honestly, I, I really think that the popularity of this will lead to an animated movie, and I'm okay with that. Or, um, I mean, it's I'm surprised that they turned down the comic version. Yeah. Um, well, they which, turned down the prequel comic. Okay. All right. But, well, hopefully they they get the continuance in a comic book because I know they're doing that for the Batman '89 universe. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they can do that. Oh with yeah. Them. And because all of this comes back to RoboCop, they Haley. did that with the original script for RoboCop 2. They turned that hmm. into a comic, which is really, really good. Um, hey, I didn't super, know that. Uh, just, just stop by. I'll let you borrow it, Brian. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's re- it's, it, I wouldn't say it's great or, or drastically better, but it is, is very different for sure. And that's what you could say about the Snyder Cut. Right, right. <laughs> I just, you know... Yeah, we're not going to go down there. I wouldn't say it's great or drastically better, but I'm glad it's there. I'm not even, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We we literally could talk in circles for four hours about this. But as long as this discussion has gone on, just want to remind people, if you were to start this podcast and then pause it at this moment in time and look at what's on the Snyder Cut right now, you would have just probably, let me look at my timestamps here, you would have gotten to the first scene of Batman in a suit. <laughs> That's how long that movie is. At about two hours. A little less than two hours, you finally get to see Batman in his suit. Yeah. So I think we can all agree it's it's far too long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I want to thank you guys for uh, for enduring with me. Mike, I will not thank you for watching that movie twice. I don't know what possessed you to do that. <laughs> I might watch it again. I, I'm uh, kind of fascinated that by it. That is 12 hours of your life, Mike. You yeah, but I've, I've done it in chopped up pieces. Yeah, okay. No. There's just you know watch Banshee again. You got me all on Banshee lately. Yeah, Banshee's watch Banshee great. again. Don't <laughs> do this. Watch Homelander kick butt. Yeah. Okay, all right guys, thank you for joining me. And uh, next week, I promise, listeners, it will be not nearly as long, and we'll talk nothing about superheroes. So enjoy. <laughs> not if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> no, right. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you.